Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Well, Scott, you know, it was the, what, 58th anniversary of Bloody Sunday, the Civil Rights March, where protesters were beaten to a pulp by police officers. And I know you were coming in the studio this morning ranting and raving about this because, you know, Joe Biden, a great civil rights era icon. No, he wasn't. No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. He talks about marching. He never. <laughs> there's no record of him doing any of this, by the way. Oh no. And, and we've and that was like he started this tale years ago and just keeps repeating it over and over. Although none of it's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- this is a guy again. He's political Forrest Gump. I mean, he just makes things up. He, yes. He has been involved in everything. I hear he was on the deck of the Titanic rescuing women and children. I mean, the guy yeah. just loves to make things up, and, and, and we saw this happen again. You have this, again, 58th anniversary of an, of an historical event there in Selma. I mean, this is things that everybody, these are things that everybody learns about in, in school. elementary yeah. school, in yeah. middle school, in high sure. school. Yep. And then this guy can't help but lie about Republicans wanting to crack down on critical race theory in the classroom. Oh, he God. can't help himself. All this right, race-baiting, old, right, senile yes. fool right. cannot help but just outright lie about everything. Anyway, here is uh, Joe Biden talking about how these big, bad Republicans don't want kids to learn about the civil rights movement. Oh, gosh. Here we go. I've been on this bridge before as vice president, as a candidate for president, and I was even before as a senator, because history matters. And now I'm here as your president. The truth matters, notwithstanding what the other team is trying to hide. They're trying to hide the truth. No matter how hard some people try, we can't just choose to learn what we want to know and not what we should know. We should learn everything. The good, the bad, the truth of who we are as a nation. And everyone should know the truth of Selma. Who is wanting to not talk about Selma? Give me receipts. Tell me who these people are. Who, uh, yeah, they're trying to stop us from knowing about Selma. Is, is there this wave of people of these MAGA Republicans saying, you will not learn about the civil right? No, what, what people are pushing back against and it's not just republicans it's a lot of in some cases democrat parents who are saying no i don't want my child to be taught to hate themselves for the color of their skin i don't want young black men raised in an education 
that tells them that they are inherently a victim and there's nothing they can do about it. I don't want some purple-haired freak in elementary school telling a kid of any color that they are inherently oppressed or uh, inherently the oppressor. That's what people are pushing back against. Nobody, nobody is saying we should not learn about the civil rights movement. But this guy yeah. cannot help. And unfortunately, I do think no. that people who watch networks like MSNBC and CNN actually believe that there is a strong movement out there to not teach history. I think the people proclaiming it believe it. Yeah. They just believe it. They, I mean, they just believe it. They, they don't care. They're not going to pull, pull back the covers any to see what's really going on. And, you and know, here's another thing. Yeah. You know, I know I grew up in a different time than you did. We're generationally yeah. apart, I'm, right? I'm 35. You're a couple years younger than Joe Biden. Right, exactly. <laughs> At least, yes. <laughs> uh, but all that being said, you know, all that being said, I don't know. When I was in school way back in the day of, you know, covered wagons taking it to school, we learned about Selma, David. Yeah. Now let's fast forward to your generation. Did you learn about that in school? Yeah, I did. Of course you did. Of course we did. Yes, of what, course you did. And I don't even know what he's rambling on about. I don't even know what that means. And th that's the thing, man. You don't know with him because he's been a liar his entire career. I've pointed this out yes. before. Yeah. Before he got teamed up with Barack Obama in 2007, 2008, this guy was known to be a laughingstock liar who really was only able to ascend the ranks in the Senate because he plays the game in a ruthless, ugly way. He was a buffoon, but he knew where a lot of bodies were buried. And the greatest thing the Obama team did was revamp that guy's image into just sort of lovable, lunch pail Joe, common man. Because he, he, he was a laughing stock up until that point. And here he is again. And I, I honestly, I cannot tell you if he knows that he's lying because that's possible or if he's just senile and reads a card that someone hands him you know it's the old george costanza it's not a lie yeah. if you think it's true well and it's not a lie if the person speaking the lie is senile and doesn't remember what day it right. is I mean, and he was also a world-class plagiarist well that's true i mean, I mean he had that going for him too we're lucky he knew he was in alabama and didn't try to say he was in i don't know uh pensacola <laughs> you know Where's Zelensky? Yeah, where, where's Zelensky in this Ukraine? Ukraine looks different uh, than the last time I saw it. Hmm, yeah. Weird. Uh, speaking of senility, uh, Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley, of course we know this, a couple weeks ago she announced that she was going to be running for president, and she is calling for candidates over the age of 75 to take a cognitive test. Which, it's, it's weird. If you take the political parties out of it, this is another one of those things. You take Republican or Democrat out of it, and you just ask people, hey, if somebody's like 75 years old, do you think they should have to like, prove they're not senile? Like, Not to judge anybody dealing with any sort of cognitive decline, but obviously that is the age group that you start noticing things like that. So, well, preface that with to run our country. Right. And This, and, this isn't to uh, work at, a, at the mall. This isn't to yeah. you know, drive a car. It's none of that. It's got everything to do with the fact that you're running the country. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're the commander-in-chief of the Chief, most you powerful are, yes. military the world has ever known. Right. Um, and so that's a, that's a big deal. And most people kind of agree with that. If you take yes. the D or the R out of it and you just ask the question, hey, should we at least make sure that they're firing on most, if not all, of their cylinders? Well, uh, Joe, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. First Lady Jill Biden... Uh, she was asked about this on CNN, 
And uh, she says, Joe's fine. Come on. It's ridiculous to talk about a cognitive test. Listen to Mm -hmm. this. Nikki Haley, one of the Republican candidates, is calling for mental competency tests for those politicians over the age of 75. What do you think about that? Ridiculous. Would your husband ever take one of those? I mean, we haven't even discussed. We would never even discuss something like that. Doesn't, doesn't that sound like, you know, the alcoholic or crackhead who's been caught in an intervention by surprise? Mm-hmm. I, what? I'm not even talking about I mean, this is uh, obviously, uh, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable that she wouldn't at least know what somebody's talking about with her husband. You see, again, I mean, it was over the weekend. He fell up the stairs again. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, that, he's shuffling yeah. around out there. He doesn't remember mm-hmm. where he is or who he is or what his title is or can't even remember Barack Obama's name half the time. I mean, it's obvious. And so I, I put together a little montage because I know you like the Joe Oh, flubs. I do. I love these. Yeah, these yeah. are great. And so yeah. I put together a, a little montage of why it's not ridiculous to ask if the president has his, well, full faculties mentally. Mm-hmm. 1.4 million, I'm watching me, a 1.4 million, a 1.4 mile stretch. Because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing, I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine. Would we be weak? Would we, you, we, would, would we, the, all of our allies? If you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. They don't even want me speaking English anymore. They want me speaking da da da. Happy birthday, dear Valentine. <laughs> Biden's being a popular. Biden's being an extremist. Whether or not they're pulling back from Fallujah and the, I mean, from the. The Kyrgyzstan, the the city of Kyrgyzstan. More than half of the women on the, in my administration are women. You know, in the gay man's choir, Washington D.C. Gay man's marriage choir. And uh, think of Iraq because that's where my son died. Murder the ener- the the excuse me tur- turbocharge the emerging global clean energy clean energy economy. I was reading their quote. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, you have a president who has to apologize for not being able to say words. And I know there are people who come out and they say, well, that's a stutter. Okay. But he didn't talk like that like five years ago. No. He didn't speak like that while he he was vice president. No, he did not. Or even right after leaving the vice presidency. He you watched speak. some of the moronic things he said when he was a senator. At least it was coherent. Right, exactly. At least it was, yeah, borderline. Yeah. It, it actually was English. It led or right. read left to right. You know, so It was, co- it was coherent lying. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. So, exactly. And, and all of those clips are just from the past couple of months. I know. I know, so that, dude. That's not the body of work. That's not years of me putting <laughs> this stuff together. This is just what I had handy on my computer. What are we arguing about? I, well, I mean, seriously, what's the argument here to prove that this guy's competent? What is the argument? Well, Doctor First Lady Doctor Jill Biden wants to be <laughs> okay. wants to be Doctor First Lady Doctor Jill Biden. She likes being First Lady Doctor Doctor Jill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you got to put Doctor in there twice to to make up for all of the rubes who won't call her Doctor. Right. That's why I call her Doctor First Lady Doctor. And yes. you've got it correct, David. I'm just letting you know. I'm just trying to double up here because I don't want to be hateful. Okay, well, you're that kind of guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I am. I am that kind mm-hmm. of guy. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Chris Rock did his big uh, live stream Netflix special uh, with this. Uh, some are calling it a mic drop moment. Uh, apparently, got very emotional. Yeah. At the end, uh, and he was talking about being slapped across the face by Will Smith at the Oscars last yep. year. 
Uh, and here is how he kind of tagged it here. We can pull up this cut here. A lot of people go, Chris, how come you didn't do nothing back that night? Because I got parents. That's why. Because I was raised. I got parents. And you know what my parents taught me? Don't fight in front of white people. <laughs> So, so there you go. Well, he put the blame squarely where it belonged. On Will Smith? Uh, yeah, on Jada. Oh, on Jada, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he did. Well, yeah, because Will was He's laughing. like, can you imagine? He goes, you know, if, if somebody steps out in a relationship or a marriage, I mean, that happens. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine them telling you that mm -hmm. on a podcast? Oh, yeah. And you're sitting right across from him? Oh, yeah. And you can't say anything. Yeah, I heard talking about how freeing it was to have an open relationship or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's just creepy. I don't know what she stuff. called it, uh, emotional entanglement or some yeah, sort of nonsensical verbiage that was yeah. used. Yeah. yeah, they're bad people. All right. Uh, got an update here on the fight for kids' education. A Rhode Island mom says she was targeted by the district because she wanted to know what they were teaching her kid. We'll get to that and much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie uh -huh. Markley is on special assignment. I'm sorry. I, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but I just saw this crazy story out of Daytona Beach. Guy opens up his front door. Alligator's yeah. there. Boom. Bites him on the leg. Oh, gosh dang it. <laughs> <laughs> now, he's, he's okay, or he's going to be okay. Non-life-threatening injuries. But apparently, yeah, he opens up the front door, and there's the gator, and it just latched onto his leg. Holy smokes, Daddy-O. Yeah, the gator's been taken care of, by the way. How about the leg? Has it been taken care of? The the leg is it's on the upper thigh. His wounds are non-life-threatening is what the Gee story says. Whiz. That's all I know. Anyway, how's that for a good morning, now, man? Holy Did knuckle. he just open the door to leave? Is that what yeah, he was doing? Yeah, he's opening the door. Did, did and gator ring the doorbell? Or a that work? <laughs> <laughs> I checked the ring camera and everything. I didn't see that damn gator. Oh, my Who is goodness. It? Gator. Gator. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. All right. Uh, meanwhile, you know, we're talking a lot about kids' education and parents worried about what their kids are learning and who, you know, with the, with the trans activism, with critical race theory. A lot of parents are very concerned because they, they want their kids to get a good education without being brainwashed by the left. Mm -hmm. And so they want to know what is in the curriculum. What is it that you're teaching my kid? After all, it's my kid. And to the teachers and administrators, as a taxpayer, I'm the one paying your salary. So I am entitled to know what it is that you're doing. And if I don't like it, I can voice my opinion. And if there's enough mm -hmm. support in the community, then we can vote to change it. Uh, anyway, Rhode Island mom Nicole Solis uh, went after an area teachers union. She claimed harassed her and made her the topic of a secret meeting that the union put together after she made a bunch of records requests regarding the curriculum. She sent in a couple hundred records requests, which school districts always complain about that kind of stuff because it is time-consuming. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're required by law to do it. So, right. you know, handle it. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's your definitely. job. Yes. Sorry that it's taking time out of your day, but that's part of your portfolio of responsibilities. But she talked about this 
and explained what was going on during an interview on Fox and Friends over the weekend. Uh, and here she is. Um, this was a meeting that the teachers union had, an emergency meeting where they painted me like a wanted enemy of the state simply because I submitted public records requests. A teacher leaked these slides to me. There were 250 teachers that attended where they were alerted to me being an attack on public education. You know, these people present themselves as if they are pillars of the community when really they look more like psychopaths zeroing in on a target. The guy that made these slides is a middle school math teacher in my town, and he's acting like a psycho, pasting pictures of me like on slides as if he's in his mom's basement. Like, who who does this to a person? Yeah. But this isn't about me. This is what the teachers union does. They target parents. Um, and, and, and this is happening across the country. Since I've gone public, I have seen letters from the teachers union that send threats of lawsuits to other parents because the teachers union doesn't like what they say on Facebook about them. So they have secret meetings about me. They have threats of lawsuits against other parents. And in my case, they, they actually did sue me. Um, so this is my evidence that they've been harassing me from, from day one. And, you know, months later, they then filed a lawsuit against me. And it's all because I asked questions about public education. Yes. Night. Holy oh, I like some of the people defending the teachers there. Well, she is wasting their time. Yeah, God forbid a taxpayer and a mom with a kid in the district wants to know more information about what her kid is being taught. Right. I mean, yeah, wrong with that. I'm sorry. I know that it can be annoying. I mean, dude, I, I as someone who has, as a reporter, covered school districts and school district issues, I know that, you know, if you get flooded with public records requests sometimes the school district gets annoyed by it they might talk about it around the uh, around the coffee urn or whatever in the morning but this idea that you're putting out a warning about a parent in front of what she said was what 250 other teachers in the district is totally inappropriate sorry get over yourselves okay i well, appreciate you know good teachers are hard to find and i appreciate good teachers it's a great intimidation tactic, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, it is. Even if it doesn't go any further. Yeah. The but, chances of something like this happening to you may stop you from doing it, and that's what they're really after. Oh, absolutely. They they yeah. want to try to run you into the ground. Yeah. I mean, we already saw, what was it, last year, the National School Boards Association going after parents who showed up at, at school board meetings. Yeah. Saying, hey, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe consider that, uh, I don't know, domestic terrorists, uh, Horrible. Department of Horrible. Justice. Horrible. And I wonder how many parents have kind of shut up because they are afraid of that now. You don't even have to oh, sure. actually yeah, have absolutely. Yeah. The, the threat tag and the domestic terrorist label attached. Just the mere threat of it is That's enough to silence some factor. people. And yeah, they get is. by with it. And they've been getting by with it for a long time. That's yeah. why they keep doing it. Yeah, because they're pillars of the community. That right. lady said it best, man. <laughs> Psychopaths. <laughs> yep. All right, this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. He got called for jury duty. Jury duty? Yeah. Well, that's what you get for registering to vote. Well, I mean, I told him to wear his shirt that says Q sent me, and he would have been here, but, you know, 
You didn't have I the sug- guts. <laughs> I suggested that maybe he would go ahead and talk about his days as a proud boy. <laughs> he disagreed with me on that one. Yeah, too, he did. Anyway. Here's a story that I think if this was committed by a group like the Proud Boys or anybody, you know, waving American flags or Trump 2024 flags or whatever, this would be the national conversation right now. But it's been actually going on. We talked about it before. It's been it's been rolling on for months now in Atlanta. There's this large wooded area that has been bought up and is going to be developed into a police training facility. Right. Uh, It's been nicknamed Cop City, and there have been protesters there for months threatening violence. And, I mean, it was just a few weeks ago where an Antifa bro, a left-wing terrorist, shot at police officers, hit one cop. Thank God that cop is alive. Mm Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the cops returned fire to this freak show. Uh, They call themselves Forest Defenders. Um, Shot back, and the Forest Defender is no more. He got cut down. Yeah. Well, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Stupid prizes, yep. Well, yesterday, uh, a bunch of these freak shows decided to start firebombing the construction area. I don't know if you've seen any of the video from this, but they're lighting bulldozers on fire. They're just causing all sorts of mayhem right now. You know, already several people, up until the actions over the weekend, several people had already been arrested and charged with, uh, or they're facing terrorism-related charges. And yet we're still hearing about these phantom white supremacists and whatnot who are supposedly in every city in America and are (laughs) cutting people down left and right. No, man, I mean, these are left-wing terrorists who've been doing this for a long time. And and, they're coming from all over the world, too, by the way. Oh, yeah, they're they're They're, showing up. They're coming from all over the world, they're showing up. Yeah, and they're they're showing up to create mayhem. And now uh, 23 people have been charged uh, in relation to this latest action. Uh, And and they're also facing um, terrorism-related charges or will be facing terrorism-related charges, and they should. And it, the fact that this is not leading the national conversation right now is wild to me. Not even part of the conversation. No, it's not. It's no, not it's, really. It's, it's like, it's oh, really yeah, and there was a fire in Atlanta. Uh, yeah, right. that's it. Okay, you know, whatever. The forest defenders. How many of these people are out on bail already, too, by the way? Yeah, you, you got to wonder. I think, I think wonder. the people... And who paid for the bail? Yeah. yeah, I think the people connected with the action last night are mostly still in lockup, at least the mm-hmm. ones who are being... Uh, who are facing charges. We'll see if they're treated the same way as other domestic terrorists have been treated in the past. <laughs> right. Deemed domestic terrorists. Yes. I don't know, man. I get the sense that at least law enforcement in the state of Georgia, and especially those who are around the Atlanta area, are getting tired of this crap. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're not going to stand for it much longer. I guess all these people, too, have volunteered to run the next election in Georgia as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very st- patriotic all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> you still got Merrick Garland out there going, well, we're really worried about right-wing domestic terrorists. When's Joe Biden going to give a speech with the blood-red backdrop condemning left-wing violence? He won't yeah. because he supports it. I know. I mean, he goes out there and he says, no, we, we support the right to peacefully assemble. But come on, man. I mean... His Justice Department isn't really going after the domestic terrorists, going after um, uh, pregnancy resource centers. Doesn't really care no. about it. I know Merrick Garland, his excuse was, well, most of them happen at night, so it's hard to find these uh, criminals. 
Okay. Yeah, if only these forest people would have only worked at night. I know. Then, and, then they would have broad daylight doing this. Well, no wonder. Apparently, they got flashlights in Georgia. Weird. Yeah. Who knew? Kind of, who yeah. knew? Who knew about right. that yeah, exactly. fancy new contraption? Hmm. Interesting. You all selling double D batteries here in Georgia? <laughs> All right, it is uh, that time of the show. It is uh, what your story. We, what's your story? We go around the horn and we just uh, ask what 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 the story that caught your eye the most was. Scott, do you want to start here? Yeah, I can. I guess I. It's amazing in the world of politics that you can you can tell people you don't want to do a job you've never been offered. It, it's really funny. Larry Hogan, case in point. <laughs> You know the story, right? Yeah, yeah. Former Maryland governor. Yeah, he made this big splashy exit from the Republican presidential contender field yesterday morning. I mean, splashy for a guy who hardly showed up on anybody's radar to begin yeah. with. He resigns from something he never had. He mm-hmm. resigned from something he was never going to get. Yeah. So Larry Hogan said uh, in a tweet, he said that he will not seek the GOP presidential nomination in 2024. Quote. I don't want to have a pile-up with a bunch of people fighting. He released this statement about the uh, same time that the clip aired of him saying he wasn't going to do it. I have long said that I care more more about ensuring a future for the Republican Party than securing my own future in the Republican Party. That is why I will not be seeking the Republican nomination for president. Mm. Nobody knew you were even up for the nomination for Republican president. Now, I would like to publicly declare today, Uh Van Camp, today that I will not... Be in contention for a spot on the 40-man roster with the Kansas City Royals, okay? <laughs> I'm withdrawing and saying, no, people are it's, more deserving than me can have it. Yes. It's a spin on the old phrase now. You can't hire me. I quit. <laughs> I quit. Yes. Yeah, I saw, I saw one of the headlines from the Associated Press that said something like, uh, hopes dashed for people that, that were wanting Larry Hogan to run for president. Who? who want, and I, I have nothing real personal against Larry no. Hogan. Whatever. I mean, he's... No. Kind of one of those middle-of-the-road Republicans. Would I ever vote for him to be president? Uh, probably not, at least not in a primary. Um, so, I, again, I, I, don't, I don't hate the guy or anything, but I wonder like, who was it that actually thought he would have been a viable candidate that would have prompted him to write an op-ed saying, I'm not running for president. Well, we're all very anti-phallic challenge, too, apparently. That's true, yeah. It's baldism. He gets discriminated against because he's a baldy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think, realistically, it is, it, it's the dynamic of media convinced him yeah, that right. he would exactly. have had no, a shot. No, they did. Because You're he, right. They absolutely did. Yeah, because yeah. media has been looking at guys like him, uh, people like Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, as like, well, these could be the good Republicans yeah, who could maybe run for president. Bah! Because all these people are stupid and they don't know any real people. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. They, they really think, oh, yeah, Larry Hogan could be the guy who unites the Republican Party. Really? Okay. <laughs> that's great because I personally know people who are stupid and don't know any real people. <laughs> I, mean, I do. Yeah. No. Uh, for my story today, it's sticking with politics. Uh, so CPAC was going on. Uh, and on Saturday, there was a straw poll. Uh, about who would who do the attendees of CPAC, this big uh, conservative convention, who they would like to see be the nominee for 2024. Donald Trump won by a lot. Uh, Trump got 62% of the vote. DeSantis got 20% of the vote. Um, and then coming in third 
ahead of Nikki Haley, who right now is the only person, I guess there's, what's no, his name? Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson, uh, Vivek <laughs> Ramaswamway. I forget yeah, right. what his last name is. I don't know. He doesn't stand a chance. Um, but she's the only Republican who's declared that she's right, running yeah, for president. Right, exactly. um, but third place was not Nikki Haley. Third place was a guy named Perry Johnson. Perry do you Johnson? know who Perry Johnson is? No. I, so, I've never heard of Perry Johnson. He's a outside Repu- linebacker for the Vikings. <laughs> he's a Republican businessman from Michigan who built his wealth through Perry Johnson Registrars Incorporated, which does quality control reviews and other certifications for industrial businesses. Now, apparently, this guy put out his quote unquote Super Bowl ad that was the, he called it the two cent plan to save America. And what that is, is that the plan would be for every year we're going to reduce the budget by 2% and thereby saving a pile of money. I mean, the, again, the guy doesn't stand a chance, but I, I think he made a splash at CPAC, and so a bunch of people were Googling, who the, inclu- myself included. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> we're Googling who the hell is Perry Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> but but maybe, we, maybe he will make a splash. I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's one of those, I mean... Listen, man, he's cornered the market on that message. Nobody else is doing that. Yeah, nobody's nobody else is doing that. It's about how much you can give away to the right people. Right, exactly. I mean, that's that's huh. that's where a lot of this is right now. Interesting. So yeah, that's that's my story for the day. Uh, in other news out there, there is a legitimate crisis in parts of California. You had record snowfall, power outages, widespread power outages. I think it's eighteen counties that are under a state of emergency. People have been snowed in for almost two weeks at this point. Many people, for many people, help is still like a week away because mm-hmm. they they can't see out of their first story windows, and in some cases, out of their second story windows. The roads are completely impassable. There's been a pretty ugly back and forth with some local law enforcement and private helicopter pilots who were trying to drop off supplies to people. I mean, it's been a complete catastrophe. And the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, he dropped off the public radar last week. He arrived back in California yesterday, and apparently he was taking some personal time in Mexico. He decided, he decided to go, go south of the border, you know, for a pre-planned personal trip. Uh, Red State pointed this out. Newsom's press office didn't elaborate on where in Baja, California, uh, Newsom was, but it is the Mexican state in which Cabo San Lucas is located. And when Newsom and his family went missing over Thanksgiving week 2021, they were in Cabo vacationing at the $29,000 a night digs of a Russian oligarch. Okay. So... (laughs) Twenty nine thousand dollars a night. Yeah, happened to be a Russian billionaire that that he was renting the place from. This guy. You know, if this guy were a Republican. This would have also been oh. a leading news story. I mean, remember Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, when Texas was in the dark a couple of years ago because of a winter storm and a, a oh, yeah. historic ice storm and whatnot, and he went to, he went to Mexico as well. Bad luck. And a bad look, but at the same time, I was going out there and saying, well, I, what do you think the senator is going to do? He's not a local politician. You, right. Is he going to be shoveling coal into power yeah, plants? I, I mean, that's one of those things I think the optics were yeah, much worse than the crime itself. Yeah, but, I, I guess, but as yeah. the governor of California, he does actually have a direct role. Yeah. Gavin Newsom actually does have a direct role in emergency management. 
And he decided, ah, I got to go south of the border, get a nice little suntan. Got to work on that before I do my shadow run for president. I mean, he is the epitome of flash and no substance. Oh, totally. I mean, that's what that's what the guy is. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a slick salesman with hair gel and perfect teeth. Yeah, you know, and he's been able to convince people in California, I guess, that he's the best guy for the job. Yeah. Well, good lord. He, he, and he wants to be help. president. He wants to take whatever he's done there and move it to a national level. Yeah, and he's I, tired of playing in the minor leagues. Come on. I've kind of changed my mind on whether or not he would have a shot within the Democratic Party. Have I don't really? think he would. I, he, at first, you said he did have. At first, yeah. I thought, yeah, because he he looks the part, like you oh, said, he, does. he looks Absolutely. the part. Yeah. But man, as soon as you start to push back a little bit on anything with him, he melts down. He and he's he's not very likable in a long form. Uh, setting and I, you know, granted it's more anecdotal than actually research based or anything like that. But I know mm-hmm. a few people who liked him initially, and then saw him. I think he was talking about. He must have been talking. About, I guess he was talking about gun control, which again mm-hmm, these probably. friends would have he been all that. about. They yeah. love you know Gavin Newsom's mm-hmm. stance on on guns. Uh, but when he got a little bit of pushback, the way he responded to the female reporter who was interviewing him just turn them off completely. Like, yeah, he just looks like another one of those guys. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I know that maybe not everybody would see that way, and certainly if he got the nomination, a lot of Democrats would turn out for him if he ran for president. Mm-hmm. But, man, I, I don't think he'd get out of a primary. I, I don't think he checks enough boxes, and he's not very likable. Yeah, it's kinda, he's, he's the male version of Kamala Harris. Well, you, you you check to make sure you have your wallet once you are right. face to face with this guy. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, just one of those guys. Yeah. You know, like like in, in another life, he'd be selling extended warranties. Yeah, he would. Yes, <laughs> like door to door. But you'd buy it because you'd be so dazzled by the teeth. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> right. I mean, golly. Exactly. Uh, we got a news update on the way. Plus, we send we spend nearly four hours a day trying to do this. We'll answer that question coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins, Jamie Markley. <laughs> he's got jury duty. Gosh dang it. <laughs> I, I know what he's going through right now. I mean, you're sitting in a room with like 20 other people. You're waiting for your name to be called, yeah. if at all, and nothing's happening. You're just sitting there. Yep. Golly. I've never had to do jury duty. Yeah, that's, I'm surprised because you've been a registered voter your entire yeah. life. So, well, I'm, I've made up for it by sitting in jury selection for several trials as a yeah, news true. reporter. So, yeah. I understand it's, how I've never had really to do boring it. too. Yeah, yeah. You uh, know, really, when they're doing this jury selection, which is always interesting to me, because you ha- you you really can't have an opinion on anything. You just live it in some beige life of some kind. Where do you mm-hmm. find these people? I really don't have an opinion on that. I I don't know. You know. Mm-hmm. It's always been it's always been amazing to me. They do it. I mean, people do it, and they should. But it's just one of those things where yeah. it's like, where do you find people who have no opinion on anything? The under the rock people. That's <laughs> right, that's, exactly. that's where you find them. Yes. All right, uh, this is unbelievable. Joe Biden talked about that stupid house fire from like twenty years ago again. Again, and every time he talks about it, 
it gets more and more dangerous. The the fire because it was so it was a it was a fire in the kitchen that lasted about twenty minutes, or it was under control in like twenty minutes. There was not a threat to life or anything until a few months ago when Joe Biden was recounting the story and said that firefighters almost fell through the floor because it was so dangerous. And he said, hey, you know, hurricane victims, I know what you're going through because my house almost burned down when it didn't almost burn down. No, it didn't. Um, and he I did can't it believe again. he's still telling that story. Yeah, he's, he's speaking about it uh, at an event with a firefighting, uh, firefighters association. Lightning struck in a pond behind my house, went up underneath conduit, caught, the, uh, caught fire underneath the floorboards of my house. And uh, it was during the summer, air conditioning was on, smoke that thick all three stories. The reason I can show you that is because every piece of furniture had to be replaced because of the smoke. But guess what? My fire company was there to go in and save my wife, get her out, the cat, and my 67 Corvette. Like the, the, the fire never went to the garage unless he keeps his Corvette in the kitchen next to... <laughs> the driveway. <laughs> in the, in the... <laughs> Middle of the living room, just drives it in. <laughs> Golly, oh, but, story gets crazier all the time. Where, when did the cat come into this? I don't, I don't know. Uh, oh, by the way, we spend nearly four hours a day trying to look more attractive. That includes like a morning exercise routine, things like that. That was the oh, new boy. survey out there. Hmm. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Got the old call for jury duty. So yeah. he, he's sitting in a room with another, uh, with a bunch of other uh, community members. Yeah, prospective jurors. Yes, waiting for his mm-hmm. name and number to be called potentially. This is unbelievable, man. Just Joe Biden tracking some of the tall tales that he tells over his career, is kind of a, a, a side hobby of mine. Dude, it was the greatest hits over the weekend. That I, that I, I yes, exactly. I mean, like, he's it, out it there really was. talking about how he marched in the civil rights Selma. movement. He was in I, Selma, yeah. Well, just complete lies. Yeah. And then today, he told that stupid house fire story again. Again. So if you're not familiar with this, the, the, this was an actual thing that happened. There was a, there was a, kit, or a fire in the kitchen of his home in 2004. It was a minor kitchen fire that was under control in 20 minutes, caused by lightning, apparently. Yeah. No one was hurt. No one had to go to the hospital. It was certainly, I think, a frightening thing if that happens to you. Sure. Of course. That's yeah. a, but, it, but it's not this huge deal. It wasn't this devastating thing. But Joe Biden has, over the last couple of years now, grown the legend of the house fire to epic proportions. Remember, he was in Florida surveying hurricane relief or hurricane damage, and he told people who had been victimized by a hurricane that he knew what they were going through <laughs> because he had that house fire. Yeah, house fire. Yeah. He also claimed that what uh, firefighters almost fell through the floor because the flames were so intense. Mm-hmm. And now 
apparently, what is his wife and his cat were were in danger? They had to be yeah. rescued by the fire. I really? didn't know there was a cat involved, but there was. Now, now there's been a cat. Yes. Uh, here's Joe Biden. Uh, the the story gets more and more compelling every time he tells it. I swear. Lightning struck in a pond behind my house. Went up underneath conduit. Caught the uh, caught fire underneath the floorboards of my house, and uh, it was during the summer. Air conditioning was on, smoke that thick all three stories. The reason I can show you that is because every piece of furniture had to be replaced because of the smoke. But guess what? My fire company was there to go in and save my wife, get her out, the cat, and my '67 Corvette. Hmm. The Corvette, apparently, stored next to classified documents in the kitchen. I was kitchen. just going to say, is that the same one? <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. I mean, I, it, it, dude, every time, it gets more and more fabulous. Oh, gosh. Every single time he tells this story. But he goes back to the well, because it's like, yeah, whatever. This is Trump. This is front page on the, on the Washington Post tomorrow. Like, oh, he tells the story of the kitchen fire again. But with Biden, it's like, yeah, he's a senile old fool who spent his entire career lying about stuff they didn't need to lie about. Who cares? Well, it's like his audience isn't going to leave until they get the kitchen fire story. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And now, Tales from Lake Mind Be Gone. (laughs) With your host, Joe Biden. (laughs) He can take that show on the road, man. We demand the kitchen fire story. We got that. I mean, he rarely does it live anymore, but the uh, the corn pop saga is certainly a crowd. One of my favorites. I mean, that's that's one of those that if you're in attendance as he's telling the tales from Lake Mind Be Gone, uh, Garrison Biden, (laughs) uh, if you get to see him tell the tale of corn pop, you save that ticket stub. Oh, yeah. Okay. You need to let people know I was there. For the corn, did he do the firefighting story? Yeah, he did that. Yeah, yeah, and and this time, like six firefighters died in that kitchen yeah. fire. Well, this is to after the audience brought him back for an encore, right? Well, yeah, exactly. He ended ended with kitchen fire. Yes, <laughs> and you could buy the corn pop tour twenty twenty three shirt. <laughs> they're, they're commemorative. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Golly, Gosh, man. I know. I could I know. practically smell the smoke as he was yes, telling right. the tale. Yeah, right, exactly. He does that without, without. He does his whole set without telling the kitchen fire story, and people are saying, "Hey, wait a minute! Aerosmith can't do a show without doing Sweet Emotion." <laughs> right, that's right. Or got, walk this way. Come on, you know it's coming. It's just a matter of where it fits into the set list. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, we got a crisis at the border. I mean, that's just an evergreen statement. Now that is reality. And the Biden administration's fix to it is just to let more people in legally. They're just shifting definitions now. So people who would have been crossing illegally are now considered legal and therefore, no problem. And there are a lot of states saying, hey, we can't handle the influx anymore. I mean, even California, I don't know if you saw the news uh, over the weekend, but California has told uh, the Biden administration they don't have the necessary funds to do COVID tests. Mm-hmm. Apparently right. they were doing COVID tests still for some reason, uh, but uh, at least occasionally when somebody would show up at one of their shelters, but now they can't do it. And so the thinking is, is that they're they're using COVID as a means of saying we've got to we've got to really stop people flooding in at the at the southern border. Okay, it's time it's time that this ends. This is too much. Mm-hmm. But the top Democrat in the House of Representatives says Joe Biden's border plan is working. Here is uh, Hakeem Jeffries talking on CNN about this. Well, I actually, well, based on my visit to the border, what I have seen 
uh, is that some of the steps that President Biden and the administration have taken over the last few months have certainly reduced the flow of illegal border crossings. Uh-huh. What is he talking about? What actions? Right. right. And it's exactly what I what I laid out just a couple minutes ago. I mean, what they what they've done now is they're just making it easier for people to come in. And technically, they're legally here while they are awaiting their asylum case to be heard. It's so slippery, though. Oh, exactly. No, it's it's a completely dishonest way of doing it, but it'll look Absolutely. good on the stat sheet and therefore it doesn't yeah. really matter. It doesn't matter that we're hearing more and more stories about children being sold into essentially slave labor. It doesn't matter that we've got underage people working in meat processing facilities because major oh, corporations yeah. and under-the-table operations are looking the other way. Well, it doesn't look like a 13-year-old to me. Who cares? Got twelve-year-old roofers going out there now. Yeah, oh, it's insane. We're coming yeah. in, and that's because of Joe Biden. Because Joe opened up the floodgates, and he said, "Come on in." But now it'll look better on the Excel spreadsheet, and so ah, yeah, we can say that it's this working. And the media and stuff, though, and golly, look, the media is going to go right along with it. They already are going right along with it and saying, "See, I mean, illegal border crossings are down." Even though anyone who lives on the border will tell you, no, they're not. No, <laughs> but, they're not. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, but I guess, it, again, all that matters is what shows up on a spreadsheet. That's it to these people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, talking about the media, I don't know if you've heard this, but this was a, a moment that made me want to stand up and cheer when I, when I heard this and watched this clip. Russell Brand, the comedian, uh, he was on Bill Maher's show on HBO. Oh, wow. And they were kicking around the drama with Fox News. If you followed this, it has to do with uh, the stolen election claims and how hosts, some of the hosts weren't really uh, convinced that it was going on. I think Hannity and Laura Ingram were, were talking to their producers and whatnot about, remember Sidney Powell, the Kraken lady? Oh, yeah. About how she was a nut, and then they'd go out at night and either have her on the show or whatever. I mean, yeah. Uh, so anyway, several hosts were afraid that Donald Trump would do something to damage their ratings and whatnot after the 2020 election. Well, MSNBC pundit John Heileman was on on Bill Maher's show as well, talking about how Fox News is propaganda and blah, 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 blah. Again, MSNBC analyst, pundit John Heileman, yeah. ranting about someone else being a propagandist. Okay, yeah. And Russell Brand took this dude to task and reduced him to a puddle of shame as he was as as he was going through this today as he was pointing out look you have no right to talk about who's a propagandist and who's not mm-hmm. right now here is the rant John, I've not known you long, but I love you already. But I have to say that it's, it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. Well, Russell, Russell, darling, um, the moment that you give me a specific example 
an actual example. Okay, I'll give you one. Oh, wait, 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 When it comes to propaganda, I mean, CNN and MSNBC have Fox News beaten by a mile. Because these, if you actually were to watch, and I'm not even talking about the opinion hosts. Okay, take the opinion host for bo- all networks out of it. The people who present themselves as actual news reporters and anchors. You will learn more truth of what's going on in the world watching Fox News than you ever will watching MSNBC or CNN. I mean, you want specific examples? How about the horse whipping thing? Remember that from a while back? Oh, yeah. You had Border Patrol agents on horseback whipping Haitian migrants. Right. Now, th- the day that story broke, the person who took the photo of the whipping or of the so-called whipping said, I didn't see anybody getting whipped. What are you talking about? But MSNBC ran with it for two weeks that there were people whipping Haitian migrants at the border. That didn't happen. It's a Google search away to know the truth. But you told your viewers, or they told their viewers, that this was happening at the border. Remember, kids in cages. These are concentration camps happening under Trump's watch. Not to mention the Russian collusion nonsense. That never made any sense. Many people at these networks, many people at the New York Times and the Washington Post knew that story at best, was hyperbole. They knew that Donald Trump was not a Russian agent who stole the election. And yet they went out there day after freaking day for years, brainwashing Americans, telling them that Trump was a Russian agent. I was dialing around this weekend. And I came across Jim Acosta's show, which they buried somewhere. Oh, yeah, like Saturdays, right? Saturday nights late or whatever. So I'm dialing around, and the show comes on. And the show is all about Donald Trump and CPAC and all the lies Donald Trump. I mean, this guy has learned nothing. Nothing. Yeah. He's doing the same show he was doing before, always will, because that's all he's got. And the one-trick pony is still out there doing it and lying about it. All the time. Mm. And it's like how much they can't. This guy is like the kid you stuck in right field when you played Little League Baseball because no ball was ever hit that way. And he wouldn't get, you know, and they stick him in the right field of media and he's still doing it. Yeah. That's all he knows how to do. It's really remarkable. And again, I hung in there for like 10 minutes. So I saw the panel and I knew what was going on. Here we go. He's Hitler, you know. He, <laughs> right. I mean, it, here we go again with with this guy because it's all he's got. So I mean, it's, it really is well, remarkable. I mean, it's deliberate on the part of these liberal networks what they do too. I mean, and, if that good for Russell Brand, by yeah, the way, for going out and saying, "Listen, you can't you can't talk about Fox News without admitting what you have done." 
Yeah, and this guy. Yeah. Give me one example. Okay, here's three examples. Here, here's here's... Not, that, not really an argument. <laughs> want me to give you more examples? I can <laughs> right. do that, too. I can give you more examples. Oh, you want to talk about the fine people hoax? Yeah, he was ready for that one. Remember yep. when, when Donald Trump allegedly called neo-Nazis, whites of, fine, people. Neo-Nazis yeah. fine people, except he didn't yeah. actually yeah. do that? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Joe I, Biden built a presidential run on that. Right, he did, and that he was did. another lie. That's why he decided to run. That's, yeah. yeah, that's what he said. He decided yeah, right. to run because Dr. First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden, told him, to, <laughs> I want to measure those drinks in the White House. Horrible person. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. He has jury duty today. Going to be out. Uh, Ford is working on something. And I want to get your take on this, Scott. They're working on creating vehicles that would allow drivers to sleep while at the wheel, while on the highway. Okay. Yeah. That would allow them to sleep. Yes. That would let them sleep yeah. while they're behind the wheel. Is it, the wind, uh, he, is it the wind noise or the rainfall what? <laughs> that they'll pipe in? You know, the little sleep machines you get? Some yeah. essential oils, yeah. Yeah, the, I have one of those. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The Ford CEO says, hey, you know, this would allow, think about how your commute would change if you could just kind of fall asleep there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, man. There's a, I, I would not feel comfortable with people around me being asleep behind the wheel of a one-ton piece of metal going down the highway. No. Of course not. This can't. This can't happen. It, well, I mean, it will Just stop it from happening. Oh, they're going to do it. It'll happen at some point. Golly. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I yeah. This is just a, a creepy. You know, I know I'm the oldest guy on the show, mm-hmm. I, and I am, uh, admittedly so. But there are times I'm glad I'm the oldest guy on this show. So when these things come to fruition, you're going to be the one dealing with the van camp, not me. Yeah, you'll, you'll be six feet under, right? Yeah, and I won't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll be the one out there struggling to contend with this. I'll be out there just going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. There are certain advantages yet of growing old, and that is you start to look at the world around you and go, well, I'm not going to be around for any of this. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, if you're trying to catch some rest on a plane and you got people making noise or maybe you're on a bus or uh, in a hotel or something like that trying to get some rest, there's a lady on TikTok who's come up with what some are describing as a foolproof way to quiet down people in public places. Oh, okay. want to get your take on this one, Scott. Sure. Yeah. Here, here's what she says. If you're ever at a hotel or I've used this on airplanes as well where people are next to you and being really loud and rude and you like want to ask them to be quiet if you say to them hey i'm sorry could you please quiet down i have to wake up really early for a funeral tomorrow every time they immediately feel so bad and they will quiet down instantly i, I think so, i'm going to uh, use it yeah oh, absolutely it you would not? work for me if somebody told me that i would absolutely do that yeah yes. it's like hey man you're being a little bit loud i'm sorry i'm i, I got to get some rest i got a funeral when i land can you please keep your kid quiet or do your best to maybe have your kid stop kicking the back of my seat? 
That'd be really. You great. know, there's one or two ways to handle it. You can handle it that way, or just go, "Hey, <laughs> hey, shut up." This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Uh, biggest story of the day. I I don't know if there's one to really pick from. Honestly, I mean, you've got uh, Trump giving a speech at CPAC. You've got uh, Ron DeSantis giving a speech in uh, at the Reagan Presidential Library. Uh, very interesting optics there as he's uh, set up underneath uh, Air Force One with the seal of the president's office on it. That is I like, very I, interesting. I did like the way that Trump called for retribution, though. Yeah. Like some mafia don or something. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, <laughs> that was very Trumpy. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, speaking of DeSantis, uh, there is a presidential advisor who says that he's Mussolini now. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to that much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. This is crazy, man. Novak Djokovic. Number one. The Joker. The Joker. Number one tennis player in the world. Yeah, he's withdrawing from a a tournament here in the United States because Biden won't let him in because he doesn't have the stupid COVID vaccine. Golly. So, yeah, they're, they're saying he will not participate in the tournament this month after the Biden administration denied his entry to the United States because he is unvaccinated against COVID-19. Are we still doing this? We are still doing it, yes. He requested a waiver, which would have allowed him to enter the U.S. unvaccinated, but he was rejected by Homeland Security. This... Why doesn't he just go to Mexico and cross? Right? I mean, all he has to do is get a backpack full of fentanyl. That's it. Along with his tennis across. racket. <laughs> Just don't mix the bags up. Right. No, yeah. make sure. Yeah, right. This is this is crazy. The vaccine. I didn't, I didn't think, honestly, I did not think we were still doing this. Yeah, we are. Even though I didn't jo- think we were. Even though Joe Biden said at the Detroit Auto Show last year that, uh, well, uh, the pandemic's over. That was last year. So the pandemic's over. Uh, all it, right. Isn't the emergency, didn't that run out too? Uh, I think it's running out soon. Or Congress is, is looking out, at rolling yeah. back some of the emergency powers as well. But it's like, this, you know, I understand maybe you want to test him before he comes in just to make no, sure he's not positive. I don't understand that at all. Either. Well, uh, okay. But I'm I'm trying to bring some sort of, can we at least meet halfway here? Yeah. Right? I mean, the guy should, he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And he can't come in and play here because he doesn't have a vaccine? Yeah. Uh, That's... That's crazy when it's been proven time and time again that this ain't stopping or preventing anything. Nope. So all the follow the science people are really just shut up and Uh, do what we tell you. How many people accuse this show of blood on our hands? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, seriously, and we we weren't really that advocating one way or another all that harshly. We were just questioning the the science behind it. Yeah, I mean there there are legitimate questions about especially Absolutely with men and and heart issues and 
you know, I'm shocked at this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's infuriating because I am shocked at this. COVID, the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting or spreading it. It makes absolutely no sense to continue to do this. And I and I'll just go back to this as we've talked about before. Until they have deployed an army of people at the southern border to vaccinate every single person that steps foot inside of our country illegally or under some specious claim of asylum, then we know this is all just politics. And this is the federal government flexing its muscles as much as possible just to say we can do it because we say we can. And this this is why when, you know, I am not mad at you, Scott, but I have like this visceral reaction when somebody says, well, well, yeah, I mean, he could just agree to be tested and all that. No, 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 no. I understand. The time for doing. middle yeah, ground is it. over. No, I get it. I, I get it. I do. The, there is um, wh- there is why, no middle ground here. How is it then little Castro in Canada? Obviously, they're they've done the stopping of the vaccine before entering because all the major league baseball yeah. will be going to I mean last year remember that you had to be vaccinated to play. Yeah. So if you were on the Mets and the Mets didn't have enough guys vaccinated, well they'd have to call guys up from minor leagues yeah. to fill in and play in those games. So I've heard nothing about that this year. Oh, so if I, little if little Fidel is is not well, is no longer doing it, well, you also have to remember Canada is basically a third world authoritarian state, and uh, they exactly. need the business. Oh, that could be. Yeah. They they absolutely need Major League Baseball to be able to play. But it's just I I am I'm I don't know why I'm so shocked at that, but I am. I thought we were done with this. I really did. No, apparently not. Apparently Gosh, not. Damn. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, this is <laughs> this is rich. Remember Michael Beschloss. This is this historian on MSNBC, and the only reason I bring him up, it's not because he's an idiot on MSNBC, but it's because he's a presidential advisor. He's one of the people that helped craft that blood-red Philadelphia speech that Joe Biden gave about MAGA Republicans and blah, blah. He's one of the guys that helped craft that. Yeah. He is an informal advisor to the president of the United States, and so what he says I think matters when you want to know what the president is thinking and what the president is uh, going to be moving forward with in terms of talking points and actions and things like that. Well, he was on MSNBC and was talking about Governor Ron DeSantis. You see, here's, here's the backstory to it. There is a bill that has been proposed by one Republican in the state of Florida, which would basically create some sort of registry of bloggers who write about elected officials, mm-hmm. which, of course, I mean, that's that's illegal top to bottom. You can't do that. State cannot. The First Amendment protects you from doing that. You absolutely can, whether I agree with you or not, write about a governor, an elected representative, a senator, whoever. Uh, but it's one guy. Ron DeSantis hasn't really talked about it. It's not his idea. But uh, Michael Beschloss says... Well, this is basically me- this basically means that Ron DeSantis is a little Mussolini in the state of Florida. Jeez. This is insane. Here he is. Yeah. Try to get a nomination parties, you know, do it by trying to appeal to what they think will work. Well, look what Rick DeSantis has done in Florida. Yeah. He was no known- It's Ron, not Rick. I was just going to say professional historian man. Yeah. 
Yes. As sort of a nondescript uh, political leader, member of Congress, suddenly he really has tried to turn himself into sort of a local Mussolini in Florida with the book banding and the br brutal tactics. And even this week, this suggestion that bloggers have to register with the state. For that wasn't him. The honor of writing about the governor and other, other political leaders. We have to call this what this is. This is fascism and authoritarianism that goes even beyond what Trump has talked about, that's what he thinks is going to work in that party. And in a way, that's the scariest thing of all. They are so afraid of Ron DeSantis, man. Oh, man. Because I, I guess you got to start throwing out Mussolini now because you spent four years saying that Donald Trump was Hitler. So you can't, you know, you can't be more Hitler than Hitler. So yeah, who do they go? go? With another bloodthirsty yeah. tyrant. And so and, and who's, chosen him. I, I, always, I always love the conversations I have with my friends on the left. When they talk about banning books, and I ask the question, <laughs> "Who's banning books? Who's actually doing it?" Yeah, Ron DeSantis. No, they're not. They're not banning books. Banning books is something entirely separate from saying, "Hey, maybe we need to get this how-to manual for oral sex out of the elementary school library." Yeah, taking it out of a school library or out of school curriculum is not the same thing as banning a book. If a parent wants that. For their kid then they can go buy it you can buy it in all 50 states in the united states of america you can buy that book for your child it's not banned but saying that a state-controlled institution like a school shouldn't have that on their bookshelves i mean that's that's perfectly within their portfolio of responsibilities to be able to say, here's the material that's available and here's the uh, material that's not available. You want to look at actually banning books. I mean, do you I mean, remember there's an Abigail, Abigail Schreier is an old uh, reporter who's written a book, uh, came out a couple years ago, called Irreversible Damage. And it was about what the trans activist movement was doing to young kids, and particularly young girls. And it's a very well-reported out book. I, I highly recommend it if you're interested in this issue at all. Um, and I think she does it in a sensitive way. It's not a fire-breathing uh, uh, book by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but it is specifically talking about the risk of harm to young children because of the Internet and trans activism. And when, remember, liberal activists saw that Target was carrying that book, they demanded that it be taken off the shelves because it right. is a violent book. Right. They yeah. demanded Amazon stop carrying it. And I don't think Amazon ever did actually stop carrying it. I think there was some like wishy-washiness and Target at first said they were taking it off the shelves and then they came back and said, no, we're going to keep it on the shelves. And then everybody kind of something else popped up in the news and everybody forgot about it. But, you know, the left is the one that's saying that there are dangerous opinions out there. They're the ones who want to make sure that if you have questions about the covid vaccine, about lockdowns, that you should be silenced, that you should not be allowed to have a voice in the public square. You want to look at well, the censorship campaign? It's all coming from one side. It is. We earlier this week, I think we played. Did we play the clip of the eleven-year-old at the school board meeting reading the book aloud? last week? Yeah, last week. Yeah, and this was a book that he picked up in his library at school, eleven years old, and it dealt with oral sex between two two boys, men and boys, whatever they were in this case, and and the sexual attraction and relationship thereof, going into graphic detail about what was happening. The kid was reading it aloud, yeah. word for word, at the school board meeting. And I hear this, 
and I think to myself, what are we fighting about? <laughs> Does anybody is any everybody okay with this? I mean, are you really okay with this? No. I mean, if you are, st- stand up and be accounted for. Yeah. And well, if you if if you believe that if you believe that children should be exposed to this sort of thing at their public library simply by picking up a book and reading it, if this is the type of thing you think, well, there's no problem with that. I can't help you, but I can't believe there there are not people who can come together and agree that this is something that shouldn't be in there. Yeah. Where? How can we possibly disagree over something like that? I, mean, I don't know. All you really need to know is that whenever a parent gets up in front of the school board and starts yeah. reading out of this, the school board shuts them down because it's not appropriate. Yeah. So it's, so it's appropriate for your middle school kid. Exactly. But it's not appropriate for adults at a school board meeting. But it's like what I mean, I feel the same way about the 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 dancing in the school with the you know oh, the I, drag queens. I, I just yeah. don't get it. I mean, at what point were we like, yeah, that's okay for my first grader? Who said that? And how did this happen? Where mm-hmm. how did we get here? Well, I think it's 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 because people didn't stand up and go, No, you can't do that. They're afraid to. I don't yeah. know. I, well, I think it's liberals who have been convinced that anything under the LGBTQ blah 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 must be defended at all at all costs. They've been brainwashed into thinking that. Into conflating grown men who like to dress up like women and dance in front of children, children. as somebody who is gay with a longtime partner getting married. They they think that those two are the same, equal, equally uh, deserving of the same kind of respect and protection. Well, we have a responsibility to protect those who cannot protect themselves. Yeah, yeah. whether and, they're children, elderly, animal, whatever it is. Yeah, and, and then the reality That's our responsibility. Is, and then the yeah. reality is there are actually people within that movement who do just want to diddle children. That that's a fact. I mean, you look at, I mean, just Google sometime. Drag queen story hour arrested for uh, child pornography. Mm-hmm. You're going to be shocked. There's, there, there are a few examples of this, and it's not that every drag. I've said this before. Not every no, drag queen, I, of course, is not. a diddler. No. But if you're a grown man and you want to dress up in lingerie and dance in front of children, uh, I'm going to assume you're a diddler. Well, there's again, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just I stumble sometimes when I get to this because I'm like. Who's got their hand up going, you know what we need more of in mm-hmm. grade schools? We need more of this. Yeah. Diddlers. Yeah, we need... That's... I mean, that's... It's just it's, nuts. It's pretty much that simple, man. Nuts. Yeah, it really and, is. An 11-year-old can read aloud about the uh, the uh, homosexual sex between mm-hmm. two guys out camping together in, in, in his library. Uh-huh. And that's perfectly okay. Yeah, we got a news update on the way, and uh, there's Girl Scout cookie scalping going on. We'll get to that next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. He's got jury duty. Well, uh, here we go again. Another lifelong resident of Portland is saying, see you later. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah. Yeah. There, uh, he's a real estate developer. Lifelong yep. Portland native. Dustin Michael Miller. Saying goodbye to the city after he walked into his office the other day and found bullet holes had gone through the yeah, glass. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Close that'll to normal, where he would normally sit working. Yeah. Put this out on Instagram saying, all right, Portland, I'm done with you. I'm over. This has got to stop. I work right here during the day. Look what happened last night. 
So if he had been sitting there, he'd be dead. He'd be toast. Mm-hmm. The welcoming committee stopped by. So it's like this was the final straw. Um, and, you know, he's not the only one. We've heard stories. I mean, there's a colleague of ours who lived in downtown uh, for years and loved it. It was an easy commute and all that kind of stuff. Good bars, good restaurants, good people. But what has happened to the city of Portland in the last, especially, it's ramped up. It's been an ongoing thing for a while, but ramped up since the summer of love 2020. Mm-hmm. It is so sad. So sad. Well, and it's not just Portland either. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's a lot of places. I mean, it's particularly it's pronounced in a city like Portland. I mean, progressivism, progressivism is nothing more than code for death and destruction. Because that's where that's what results every place it is implemented. Somebody told me a long time ago: uh, don't associate yourself with people who don't make anything. They just wreck yeah. stuff. And that's what they do. They don't make anything; it's wreck stuff. Oh yeah, that's it. They're, that's they're, what they do. They're mad at the world because they come in and wreck stuff. Yeah, yeah. They all have different reasons, but yeah, they just yeah. want to. I mean, it's the the attack on so-called Cop City, the training facility outside of Atlanta. Yeah, where a bunch of people from outside of state. In, some, in two cases outside of the country, one from Canada, one from France, firebombed this under-construction police training facility. You know, and and I, I mean, I, I see the headlines on it, and a lot of it, it seems almost sympathetic. TMZ actually wrote, they took the fight right to the cops. Really? That's crazy. It's domestic terrorism. Yeah, they are facing terrorism-related charges. That's not... I, <laughs> that, that's not taking it to anyone. That's create. That's that is committing a terroristic act. Where's our idiot AG now? Merrick Garland didn't he go to yeah. Ukraine? That's probably where he is. Why? That's where all the kids are going. Now. Yeah, they yeah. go to make sure democracy is upheld there, or check on your investments. However, you want to look at it. Yeah, let's go ahead and pull parents out in handcuffs from meetings for <laughs> discussing wokeism in their kids' school. Yeah. Uh, but let's let these guys firebomb a police facility. This is insane. Yeah. So uh, 23 suspects have now been charged with domestic terrorism uh, at this point in Atlanta. And this has been going on for, for months, what's happened in that particular area where they're trying to put a big, large-scale police officer training facility. This has been going on from the so-called tree defenders, a bunch of communist losers who are protesting this because this is violent to put it in their bag. Terrible, right. terrible stuff. By the way, the uh, Girl Scouts couldn't keep up with demand for their new limited edition flavor, Raspberry Rally. So yeah. now scalpers are selling them at inflated prices on eBay. Ooh, I bought some, too. But from eBay? No, oh. from a Girl Scout. Oh. Yeah, you're talking about $5 boxes going for as much as 100 bucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's I a- didn't know that when I bought them. I ate them all, damn it. <laughs> you should have saved them. I know. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. He's got jury duty. Yeah, what's going on? What's the update anyway? Uh, apparently, they just got back from lunch and uh, they mm-hmm. are restarting the roll call process. 
Well, lunch is on the taxpayers. I hope <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> hope you got something good. I think That's there's right. a Jimmy John's nearby or something. I don't know. All right. Uh, this is crazy, man. So House Republicans are investigating uh, COVID and uh, the origins of COVID and Dr. Anthony Fauci and all trying to chase down all of these outstanding questions we still have. Like, why is it that Fauci has been so evasive on certain issues? Certainly, it looks like he is trying to protect or was trying to protect personal interests he had. Well, I saw this in the New York Post from Miranda Devine. Uh, she, she writes, new emails uncovered by House Republicans probing the COVID-19 pandemic revealed the deceptive nature of Dr. Anthony Fauci. He prompted or commissioned and had final approval of a scientific paper written specifically in February of 2020 to disproved the theory that the virus leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China. So the paper was called The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2. It was sent to Fauci for editing in draft form and again for final approval before it was published on February 17th, 2020. Now, about eight weeks later, Dr. Anthony Fauci was at one of those press conferences that were happening every day. Uh, alongside the president, Donald Trump, and cited that paper as evidence that the lab leak theory was implausible while pretending, uh, well, he had nothing to do with it. He just says, well, I'm not really sure who the authors are. I'll get you that paper, though, that shows you that it's it's highly unlikely, improbable, actually, that the coronavirus that we've all been dealing with uh, came out of that lab in Wuhan, okay? Never said he had anything to do with it, though. Uh, It was written four days after Anthony Fauci and his boss at the NIH, Dr. Francis Collins, held a call with four authors to discuss reports that COVID may have leaked from the Wuhan lab and may have been intentionally genetically manipulated. So the oversight committee, or subcommittee, I should say, published emails on Sunday, which uh, show the paper's co-author, Dr. Uh, Christian Anderson, admits Fauci prompted him to write the paper with the goal to disprove the lab leak theory. Gosh dang it. Anderson submitted the paper to Nature Medicine with a cover email. There's been a lot of speculation, fear-mongering, and conspiracies put forward in this space. This was prompted by Jeremy Farah, Tony Fauci, and Francis Collins. Now, Farrar at the time, I know there are a lot of pieces to this puzzle here, but bear, bear with me if you can. Farrar at the time was the head of a British nonprofit called the Wellcome Trust, which has historic ties to the pharmaceutical industry and the Gates Foundation, and it was rewarded with the role of chief scientist at the World Health Organization uh, last December. This guy was. Uh, so on the day the proximal origin paper was published, email shows that uh, Farrar was pushing through a crucial change. The change was from the word unlikely to improbable. Now, unlikely was no good because unlikely said, well, there was still a chance, right? Right. Improbable implies to the common reader that, well, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous to think that it could have come out of that lab. So what it looks like here is that Fauci and his buddies, all mysteriously in February of 2020, as this thing was spiraling out of control, seem to have a keen interest on protecting China and the Wuhan Institute of Virology and whatnot. 
Well, that is the only plausible explanation for this. The only one is that they were protecting him. What I need to know is why they were protecting him. Yeah. I, mean, I think I already do. Well, there's a lot of money tied up in this. But there's got, it's got to, I mean, I don't, the whole thing that even the mention that this thing left, got off the leash in the viral, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I pulled Joe Biden Wuhan out. Institute of Virology. The virology. Yes. Yeah. That lab in Wuhan. That lab in Wuhan. So it jumped, it jumped right, it got out of there, and it started infecting people in Wuhan. And of course, from there, we know the rest of the story. But we, you couldn't even... You couldn't even say that out loud. Any, if you had any type of platform, you were stricken from your platform for even suggesting it. That wasn't even an option. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even discussed as an option. There was no, well, you know, it could have. Well, we just don't know. It could have. And then we send a bunch of knuckleheads to go in there. Months after the fact, oh, and determine well, nothing to see here. Yeah, more than a year after the fact. Yeah, and, yeah. and nothing to see here. Pfft, what? And <laughs> this game of CYA was going on for years. And again, Trump suggested it and was thrown under the bus for even suggesting it. Yeah. He was I called mean, racist it, for it. It was unbelievable. And now, of course, we're finding out that it's freaking true. Yeah, probably is true, actually. it's more... Just like we're finding out masks were useless. Just like we're finding out yeah. the, the vaccines haven't done what they were supposed to do. None of this was true. These lying liars. And, and it is simply stunning to me, the reversal here. Oh, yeah. And I think Anthony Fauci should be hauled in front of Congress Absolutely. to try to explain himself. Again, I'll, I'll take the cynic's view in that uh, I don't think anything will ever happen. You know, nobody's going to get sent to jail. I don't know what laws they would have broken anyway. Uh, you know, nothing's, nothing is going to really happen to any of these people. But America does deserve to know Absolutely. what the actually happened here. The decisions they made yeah. based on what they told us were devastating. We don't know the long-term ramifications of what these people did to us during that time. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know if, if the education system in particular, I don't know how any of this is all going to pan out 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. Business recovering, people's livelihoods recovering. I mean, addictions out the wazoo, delaying surgeries and dying. None of this stuff. These people were responsible for that. And they damn well better answer for it. That's all I know. Yeah, they were. And, and, and keep heat on your local politicians to make this yeah. happen. Because this has got to happen. I, I think if you want to take the positive view of it, even though there is a trail of destruction that we're going to have to clean up yes. after this, that really had, has no reason to exist. But if you want to try to make something positive out of it, uh, I do think, and here I'll, I'll try to play the role of Jamie here being Mr. Optimist. Okay. I'm not generally an optimist. No, you're not. Here we go. It is true, though, that the more that things like this comes out, the more people wake up, the more people distrust what the federal government does, what the federal government says, what your state government does, what your state government says. They don't care about the CDC anymore. I mean, I, I don't know too many people who are hanging on every word about the coronavirus anymore, except when they're kind of surprised that their crazy aunt or uncle on Facebook was right about a lot of stuff. That's right. Um, That's right. And even though they'll never admit it, because human beings are wired to be prideful, you don't, no one likes admitting that they were wrong. 
They will never admit that they were wrong, but they know. They know. Deep down, they know. And they'll, they might be changing some habits as a result of it. I can only hope. Now, there are some people who are just gone. I mean, I, 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 I had this conversation with, a, with a, a family member of mine. We do not see eye to eye at all on politics. And I was bringing up the Wuhan lab leak theory. It's like, okay, well, now you got another branch of the intelligence agencies in, in the United States saying, yeah, probably did come out of that lab. You've got you know, British intelligence. You've got other European countries saying, yeah, it probably came out of that lab. More and more agencies here at home saying, yeah, it probably came out of that lab. And I said, well, you, you realize that a lot of people were called racist, sure. as you mentioned, deplatformed yes. for saying this. And then this guy actually came back and said, well, I mean, that was a fringe that was saying that. No, it wasn't. No, it it wasn't. was Anthony Fauci. Right. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't right. it wasn't just a fringe. That's the problem. Right. It wasn't just a left wing fringe, you know, contingency coming out and saying, no, no, you're racist and you're xenophobic and you're horrible. If you think that it came out of this lab, you got to be loving like me and, 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 you know, say that COVID started because Chinese people like to eat bats. Again, that never made sense to me how that argument worked. But, you know, it, I, I think but again, deep down, most reasonable people as they follow this know that they've been lied to and they'll never look at the government the same way again and i think the, that's a good thing the best thing donald trump could have done is to come out and say ivermectin is horse dewormer don't take it <laughs> um, it, it, it it came from bat stew in china it jumped from animal to human because they would have gone the other way then right that's true then they would have gone well, wait a minute slow down a second that seems like it came out of the lab and then the whole media circus would have gone the other direction <laughs> If Trump would have played that game. Like, we don't hold China at fault at all. As a matter of fact, this is just a freak accident. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, you know. I want to I go to a lighter note here, because I know I can sense the frustration out there. Yeah. Uh, this is a viral video. Been going around. Little girl sees her parents. And, uh-oh, dad may have touched mom's butt. As oh. married couples <laughs> and committed relationships might do yeah, on occasion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Each other, by the way. What's that? Men are not vulnerable from this either. I mean, it happens to men, too. Yes. Yeah, well, might get a little pat on the fanny, yeah. Little girl was not pleased with that and wanted okay. Dad to apologize. Oh, and Here my. we go. Don't do that, Dad. That's really bad. What did Daddy do? This touch your butt. I told Dad he did not touch your butt. Oh, I'm sorry, Avery. I'm going to do it again, okay? That's really so bad. It's so bad? Yeah. Why? Because you don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I won't do it again. That's not really nice. I have to apologize to Mommy. Apologize to Mommy? Yeah. Okay, I'll apologize to Mommy. <laughs> That's funny. That's very really funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, you could handle that two ways. You can, You can be, you know loving to the kid or you can do what i think my wife would probably do which is we're married how do you think you got into the world that's right i can palm <laughs> mommy can palm it like a basketball i don't care right we don't care all right got a news update on the way this is the mark lee van cave and robin show
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's out today. He's got jury duty. He's waiting to see if he will be uh, convicting somebody who did something wrong. I, I know what he's going to do. He's going to be suggesting a public caning. No, well, yeah, uh, yes. You who does you? He did pub, No, you did public caning. He did baton to the back of the head, or did you do both? I I was uh, baton to the back of the skull. Okay, you're the architect yeah. of that one. Yes. Yeah, okay, which is a good one as that's well. That's fine. That's my 2024 presidential campaign. First time <laughs> in my life, I'm going to be eligible to run for president. By that's the very way. true. Yes, you Just are. Saying it'll be a, yes. a chicken in every pot and a baton to the back of every skull. Well, if you really want to go with your generation, <clears throat> it would be a pot for every chicken. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Meanwhile, moving on, Uh uh, so Vice President Kamala Harris, she's got a bit of an image issue, right? Because she is... What? Really? It's really like every single statement she makes Mm. is like the sentence was crafted from a a bingo tumbler, right? It's like, okay, we're going to say in terms of, uh, we're going to say right, we're going to cackle. So they've sent her husband out there, the second gentleman, Doug Imhoff, out there to try to help with the image issue that Kamala Harris has. I'm not sure that this is going to work. No. Uh, so she was, on, or he was on MSNBC, and he was asked, share a little bit about who the real Kamala Harris is. Oh, what no. do people not know about her? What's the one thing you would love for the American people to know about Vice President Harris that they might not already know? So uh, who is she? What do I see? What do millions of people see? I mean, you saw that woman in Munich a week or so ago um, talking about crimes against humanity. Uh, You've got this woman who's just in South Carolina advocating for increased broadband. You've got this woman who's traveled all around the country speaking out against uh, pushing back on fundamental rights, which is this horrible Dobbs decision. You've got someone who is a public servant, not a politician. She has spent every minute of every day of her professional life serving the people. That's it. And so that's what I see. Somebody who, yes, people work hard. (laughs) She works hard. But what she accomplishes so much. And it's it's made me, uh, to the extent people think I'm I'm good at this role, it's good. I get to watch her. Uh, She's awesome. (laughs) All right. Wow. all right, I'm reading your face, Scott, right now. Oh, I'm just numb right it's, now. It's half yeah. glazed over. and oh. I mean, He didn't mention once that she loves electric school buses. No. Okay? No. That have magic USB ports so you can charge your phone on your way home, which is brand new technology, Incredible. apparently. According to Kamala Harris, yes. Public servant, Scott. She's, that's all she's ever been. Or the galaxy, or astrology, you know, with yeah. the stars and whatnot. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Does that guy sound like someone who's just beaten down by life? Well, look, he gave he, he in order to marry her, mm-hmm. he he had to give her those, and they've been in the refrigerator ever since. The clackers. There's no, yeah. Right. There's no other way around it. There's no other way around it. Yeah. That's gosh dang. I would just I you know I watched a lot of this interview and I just couldn't help but like if I were doing that interview stop every once in a while just be like dude it's okay you're in a safe place we can turn the cameras off are you all right yeah yeah, yeah I because right does it does it just suck to be you man Oof. man yeah 
It's it's tough, man. It's she tough. goes to Carolina to talk about broadband. Yeah, broadband. Internet. And your computer will come to life anywhere. <laughs> All right, uh, pop quiz here, Scott. Yeah, let's go. Uh, there is a new survey out there, and it's things that people believe are, uh, I guess, the mistakes that you would make with a customer service representative. Okay. The mistakes I would make with one? Anyone. Just you in the broad sense of the term. With the, the mistake I would make with a customer service representative. Yeah. And like how you get maybe bad customer service. So number three, being completely unwilling to compromise. Maybe you want a yeah. refund, but they'll offer you credit. And sometimes, you know. That, that can make me nuts. Yes. They, they say, well, sometimes it's, it's best to just, you know, take what you can get. No. If they're not going to offer you a No, I don't like that. No. Yeah. You're a squeaky wheel, though. Uh, yeah. Not being prepared. Have, you know, have things like dates, account numbers, things like that. Yeah. Uh, ready that, to go. That I almost understand. Yeah. yeah. I uh, always have that ready. Yeah. And then going in hot or being rude in general. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to do. So you, you do that a lot. <laughs> I'm not I getting the tr- store credit. I'm getting my refund. This is I the Mark trying- yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> This is ahead. the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. What was that? I was trying to go through this maze of uh, all I wanted to know was do I have the MLB channel this year? Uh-huh. I don't know if I have it or not. Does it does it just automatically you know, automatically start all over again the next year. I don't know. So I called, and it's maze, 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 like three or four times. I finally hung up and exasperated. I tried one more time. I just kept yelling, operator, operator, <laughs> operator, and nothing happened. And then I just started hitting one over and over again. Finally, I got somebody <laughs> on the phone. Cable companies are terrible, man. I mean, you can log in and see if you've got the service. Uh, I don't know if I can or not. I didn't know if that was even an option. Well, sure you can. I do it all the time. Okay, well, I should then. You should have just called me. Like, what am I paying for? What am I paying for? This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's out. He's got jury duty, making that sweet, sweet 15 bucks a day. Well, free lunch. To, yeah, a free lunch. And, you know, he said, he said they were sitting in the jury pool and they're all waiting for their name to be called. I've, I'm familiar. I've done this. I'm familiar mm-hmm. with it. Um, he said now they're talking about dogs and showing pictures of each other's dogs. <laughs> No, that's a, they're all bored. In other words, they're yeah, really bored. The yeah. wheels of justice are in motion, my friend. Yes, yes. they are. Uh, all right. So uh, there's been a lot of talk about uh, fossil fuel production here in the United States. There's a big project in Alaska that they're waiting to see if Joe Biden will actually approve it and go through with it, even though he's claimed that he will not allow any uh, drilling on federal lands. And, uh, you know, the left-wing doomsday cult uh, is out there saying, if you do this, climate change is going to kill us all five years. Nah. Don't get me. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Peter Ducey from Fox News asked the White House press secretary today, Karine Jean-Pierre, about the priorities of the administration here. Do you want to increase energy security or get rid of fossil fuels? Because you really can't do both. And... Joe Biden 
so far has been on the side of reducing fossil fuels, not actually securing the energy that this country needs in order to maintain a high well level of living. Uh, here's the exchange. Thank you. I have a question about the Willow Project in Alaska. What's more important to President Biden, improving energy security or reducing fossil fuels? So, first of all, um, it doesn't have to be uh, one or the other. Right? Well, we can try to be both. In 2019, I guarantee you we're going to end fossil fuel. So this project would just be dead, right? So here's what I can say about that. The president uh, did meet with the Alaska delegation uh, last week at the White House. Uh, he always appreciates uh, uh, me speaking and meeting with the full delegation to understand what their concerns are. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, and when it comes to that specific decision, that's something that the Sec Secretary of Interior is going to make. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to get ahead of, uh, of where she's going to be. But the president has met with the delegation. And I'm just going to leave it there. So okay. it's not up to Biden. Again, no. it's, it's president bystander. Right. I almost said that. But getting back to your point, yes, you're right. Okay, look, we'll, we'll throw Deb Holland under the bus, but she's mm -hmm. the one who's going to make the decision, not me. Not <laughs> I'm me. only the I, president. I'm not the secretary all. of the interior. <clears throat> no, they, right now, when you're going through, not just here in the United States, but around the world, an energy crisis, why in the world would you pass up on an opportunity to increase domestic production? Because it's not oh. like the Saudis or the Venezuelans are doing it in a cleaner fashion. No. The pollution still happens. But what any effort to stall this would be, or any other project involving the refining or the pumping of gas, of, of oil, I should say, and gas, uh, all it does is embolden dictators. I agree. You know, you, a strong American energy sector means a safer world. But he's afraid of the green weenies yelling and screaming and screeching and yelling and oh, yeah. airs on fire. He's held hostage the, the, by the people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Well, there's, there's no question. That's, oh, that's true. By the way, I just had my own ADHD moment. Did mm -hmm. you see the update on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the socialist representative out of New York? No. Remember when she went to the Met Gala? I think we, we briefly talked about an ethics complaint against her. Tax the rich. Thing? Yeah, the Was tax the rich gown? dress yeah. that she had. Right. And, uh -huh. You know, of course, she and all the other important people weren't wearing masks, but the people holding up her dress for the photos were. Ah, real woman of the people, right? Now, it's more than just a simple ethics complaint, because actually people associated with her office were worried, hey, you know, we're getting like hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars in gifts from people to uh, go to this Met Gala. Like, we got to be careful with this. We got to try to obfuscate. And then she tried to stiff some of the vendors. Yes. She didn't. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently, she yeah. didn't want to pay like a $450 bill. Oh, yeah. Really looking out for the working class, huh? Right. Golly. They're just, they don't actually want to come up with solutions. They just want to complain about things and make their money, get their cut. And be part of the cool kids table. Well, if they weren't whining and bitching, no one would pay attention to right, anything. Right, exactly, yeah. Tax yeah, the rich. How about just pay, pay your bills? Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a starting point. Mm -hmm. Golly. All right. Uh, it is time for your big trifecta. Are you ready? Top three Let's stories it, of the day. Let's Here we go. go. All right. Are you ready? One, two, look at you it's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show.
Trifecta top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. Um, and Casey Kasem usually joins yeah, but us, but he's, he's, he's got jury he's, duty, too. He's sitting with Jamie at jury yeah. duty. Yeah. Actually, he's the one on trial. I think there's an obvious <laughs> conflict well, of interest. It's a traffic fine, nothing big. Well, and payola. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> but anyway, all right, let's start with number three. Uh, one of the uh, worst people in the country, if you have kids oh, in public God. education, uh, is Randy Weingarten. American terrible, Federation terrible Teachers, yeah, big teachers union lady. Uh, she freaked out on Ron DeSantis again. Everybody freaks out on Ron DeSantis. Uh, Randy Weingarten is so worried about Ron DeSantis, and she should be, that she was so shaken by him and the possibility of him ever being president, it caused her to send out an unimaginable out-of-touch tweet in which she said DeSantis is fixated on the cost of living issues in Florida. Right now in Florida, housing is unaffordable, home insurance even worse. But instead of expanding access, defunding public schools seems to be his thing, and also banning everything he dislikes, teachers, journalists, and in the meantime, loves expanding gun access. Now, first of all, I want to challenge you on one thing. The reason that home insurance and home prices are going up in Florida is because people are moving there. Well, that and, you know, insurance is already more expensive there if you live in certain parts of Florida because those little things called hurricanes. Yeah, nothing, nothing to see there, right? I mean, I don't think DeSantis needs the advice of a woman who drove public schools into the ditch in a single year. Yeah, I mean, Florida, in terms of the uh, cost of living, is actually pretty mid-pack among all the yeah. all the states. I mean, I think there's a lot of high-end places you can buy there for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, certainly, you know, condos on the beach and whatnot, uh, whatnot, drive up the cost of living and things like that. But she lives in D.C. Yeah, D.C. is way more. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, if you, I, I, you know, you look at cost of living estimates. Um, I mean, it's usually like California, Oregon, New York, uh, Hawaii, of course, Alaska, because of geography, um, and Maryland, and D.C. And every time she does something stupid like this, she shuts off the comments. Oh, yeah, yeah. She shuts off Twitter comments because she, she doesn't, doesn't like people dunking on her. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I mean, I, it, I, I don't know. I, I wish that I had the confidence of this dumb lady. I really do. But, yeah. Golly, man. All right, it's the trifecta top three stories of yep. the day. Uh, we're down to number two now. Pete Boot Edge Edge, the mm-hmm. transportation secretary, is admitting that he kind of screwed up when it comes yeah. to the whole East Palestine, Ohio disaster. Pete Boot Edge Edge finally crept out of the shadows and said, hey, uh, I got this whole thing wrong, and I'm sorry about that. About the derailment response, you know, the criticism, he says, is fair. But some of the critics are not. Pete went on. It's really rich to see some of these folks, the former president, these Fox News hosts, who are literally lifelong card-carrying members of the East Coast elite, whose top economic policy priority has always been tax cuts for the wealthy. They wouldn't know their way around TJ Maxx if their life depended on it. They present themselves as they genuinely care about the forgotten middle of the country. You think Tucker Carlson knows the difference between a TJ Maxx and Kohl's? What the hell does that have to do with anything? <clears throat> I, I I don't know. Well, I'd also just like to remind the people, people of East Palestine know. Yeah, 
I would also just like to remind people that uh, apparently he and his husband were complaining because the salary of almost $300,000 a year wasn't enough to get a place to live in D.C. Oh, did he complain about that? Oh, yeah. He complained about his, his salary as the transportation secretary. Well, we couldn't find a, a safe place to live. <laughs> you know, isn't it interesting right now? Can you imagine how incompetent you have to be to have the secretary of transportation be a household name in America? <laughs> I mean, everybody knows who this guy is, right? I, I guess in fairness, too, he did run for president, and media was kind of obsessed with him for a little while. But I, I was talking about this the other day. I don't know who the transportation secretary was under Trump. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. Elaine Chow. Thank you. Yeah. I know Ray LaHood was for Obama. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, very rarely do we even hear who these people are or what they do. Yeah. Or don't do in this case. Or don't do. Yeah, I think that's the bigger thing is what they don't do. Everybody knows this guy. All right. All right. It's the uh, trifecta top three stories of the day, and we're down to number one. (sighs) Chuck Todd on Meet the Press took a bit of a verbal beating from uh, Governor Chris Sununu. Uh, as he was bringing up the Fox News lawsuit going on, which in broad stroke shows some hosts were not all that thrilled with Trump's talk about the 2020 election. Just because I have self-hatred means that on Sunday mornings I drag myself with a cup of coffee to turn on the TV. Golly. And Chuck Todd is on. And this week in particular, I find myself screaming at the television. And it was over this particular bit. He went, he went on a fishing expedition again for somebody to agree with him that Fox News is really bad, and they peddle disinformation. Mm-hmm. Now, Sununu would have none of it because he wanted to lump everybody in together. And anyway, here's how the exchange went. Are you at all concerned you can have an honest conversation with Fox viewers? Oh, oh, I don't think it's just Fox. I, I mean, I'll put them in there, but all of media, all of television media, and everyone has to own a little bit uh, of the lack of trust, the lack of accountability. It's okay to get something wrong in the news, but you got to come back and own it. And whether it's Fox or CNN or MSNBC or, or you know, whatever, everyone just has to own it. As a governor, I might try four or five things, and if one or two don't work, I'll say, hey, that didn't work. What about intentionally lying to viewers? We can acknowledge it. We yeah. get the funding. Intentionally lying to viewers, though, that, that to me well, seemed to cross look, the line. You can make a mistake, but that's, that wasn't a mistake. So explain to me that, look, I'm not defending anybody because I think you're all, you're all in the same basket. I really do. But I could go to CNN when they talk, when they're going to ignore the, the Hunter Biden laptop story. We could talk about the virus coming, truly coming out of the lab in Wuhan. We could talk about a lot of different things. If you're not owning that you misrepresented the story, whether it was intentional or not, yeah. uh, everybody does it. And that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Well... I mean, for Chuck Todd to go out there and say, well, they're peddling things that they know aren't true. Exactly. I mean, just as as an example with Chuck Todd (laughs) in particular, because I remember when this happened. Remember when BuzzFeed, they were the first ones to publish the P-tape dossier about Donald Trump being a Russian agent and all that stuff? Right. And a lot of people had had that, apparently, in media. They didn't publish it because they couldn't verify anything in it. Well, BuzzFeed decided just publish it, whatever. And at the time, uh, was it, what was his name? Ben Collins was the editor-in-chief or whatever of BuzzFeed. And he was on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. Now, Chuck Todd, at that time, went after him saying, why would you publish something that you didn't, if you didn't know it was true? Why, or at least have a good inclination that it was true. And he actually said the words, you published fake news. Now, you flash forward 
Chuck Todd gets his marching orders. He gets his talking points. Yes, and now does. suddenly, the dossier, absolutely, it's worth talking about in the next couple of years. Kept going back to it as if it were, this is something that we need to talk about. This is something that probably has something to it. He knew from jump that this thing was bogus, but then, as soon as he realized this was a wedge against Donald Trump, started talking about it like it was a serious thing. Well, any day you can take the spin machine and throw it on its ear like that yeah. is a good day. And, and so, Chuck, you got owned. You got owned. I know you wanted the narrative to be the way you wanted it to be because that's the way you presented it. That was not a question. Yeah. That was a statement. You lying sack. <laughs> so, anyway. Right. There's the trifecta. Yep. A lot of lying sacks in that one. Oh, uh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. Maybe we uh, should just start calling it that. Yeah. The three biggest lying sacks of the day. <laughs> it's the sack of lying sacks. Is what yeah. It, yeah. Wow. All right. We got Nimrods in the news coming up and a news update on the way. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is uh, dealing with jury duty, so he's out. Yes, he is. What was the news update you were just telling me? They were talking about dogs? No, 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 no. Oh, no, the news update. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this, I just saw this story. A demographic tragedy is unfolding in Russia. Over the past three years, the country has lost around two million more people than it would ordinarily have done as a result of war, disease, and people just fleeing. Dang. The life expectancy of Russian males aged 15 fell by almost five years to the same levels as Haiti. The number of Russians born in April 2022 was no higher than it had been in the months of Hitler's occupation. Oh, man. And because so many men of fighting age are dead or in exile, women outnumber men by at least 10 million. Dang. Well, now, war, of course, is not the sole purpose. Right. But that certainly made it worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. I mean, it's... That country is being run into the ground. Yes. And then this war, ah, not really going to help things very much. I mean, there was, I forget the name of the city now. It's the coldest major city on earth uh, in northern Russia where they were offering people a bag of vegetables if their son volunteered to go to Ukraine and fight. Yeah, that's something. It's like, golly, that's sad. Jeez. That is crazy. Right Apparently, China is on the brink of a very steep demographic decline. Oh, too. I bet they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, well, we are too. I mean, we're yeah. our we're, our demographic is is declining. Not as well. quite at the same clip. Not at the rate these I mean, guys are. Yeah, no, I mean it's a lot right. of what what those countries. Uh, I mean, this, that's what authoritarianism begets. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're communists or otherwise. I mean that it it does not mean long term prosperity. All right, we're mm-hmm. we're running out of time. We got to get to Nimrods in the news. Let's here. roll it. Yep. When the going gets tough... Damn it, this is too hard! The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. A 29-year-old stripper in Florida got arrested for battery last week. Why? 
Well, she hit her ex-boyfriend in the head with a big wad of cash. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that beating any day. (laughs) (laughs) That's Nimrod in the news. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show.